2: Monday, March 8th, and this is season five, episode 27 of the Four Star Spurs Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony. With this week, we have Tommy. Hi, hey, everybody. Lucas. Hello, hello, hello. And John. Lovely to be with you as always. I'm very excited about this episode because this is the first episode in a while where I think we've been on this type of positive streak, at least since um right before the Liverpool uh match this past uh fall like i think that when we were riding high top of the league we can we 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 can dominate the 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 league and show that we're meant to have potential to win that that was the last time i think i felt this good about about spurs and 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 it comes on the back of like uh three league wins and in eight days and uh when was
0: the last time that we've seen that well, I think it was when we were winning, uh, when we were top of the league, we were getting that kind of thing. And I agree with you, Anthony. I mean, this is, uh, what a difference a few weeks make. Uh, you know, three weeks ago, it was all doom and gloom, and should will be, be worrying about relegation, and Mourinho should go, and all of that crap. And now, after the results we've had, we're on a real high, playing fantastic football, and um, just, uh, just doing, doing everything right.
2: Yeah, yeah, and it's it's it, it it's been that type of crazy season for the whole league. Teams going up and down all over the place. Teams that have no, seem like they should have no business being up there, like the West Ham's of the world, but have managed to pull some magic together. And it's uh, I think we just all have to gear up. Like, the, like a lot of craziness could could still happen, and and we we could carry on like we are. We might not. But we very well could, and this could be a good rest of the season for us. Uh, so we'll be hopeful for that. Um, but I want to break the ice with a question that we have uh, from Kyle Mates, um, which I think is just a fun question to, to break the ice with. So, uh, uh, Tommy, um, uh, he, he asks us a little something that's a little tongue-in-cheek, I think.
1: Yes. Uh, hey, Kyle. Uh, our good friend Kyle Mates from Indy has this question for us. What past Spurs player would slander the club like Meghan Markle did to the royal family last night? And for those who don't know, the former Prince Harry and Meghan Markle were on CBS last night with uh, Oprah Winfrey, local or fellow Chicagoan, uh, did an interview and pretty much buried them.
0: Yeah, so Tommy, I don't think there's anyone on the planet that doesn't know that Meghan Markle spoke to Oprah Winfrey yesterday. Well, uh, just in it, case. It's been, it's, it's, it was broadcast today in England, so they were a daily ah. But, uh, yeah, everybody. Mike, I, I would hope that none of our players, past or present, would have such a, um, have something to say like that about the club, quite honestly. I think there's no place for that. I mean, she, she threw the Queen under the bus. And uh, that, well, as a Brit, that's just not done. Well, maybe not player,
2: but I could see Sherwood doing, saying something like uh, <laughs> about Spurs like in this way. Couldn't you guys picture that? Like, uh, Sherwood just making some kind of offhand comments to the media about Spurs uh, um, that, that implies that there was some kind of
1: uh, crazy corruptness going on in the background. Uh, that, well... Well, Anthony, I have actually interesting point about Sherwood, though, because like when we were there in 2015, we had the whole legends thing after the match. We did see Tim Sherwood in the entrance talking to a bunch of Spurs people. So, because of that, it leads me to believe that a he didn't take it personally. It was the reason he got fired was just for professional reasons, and that he still is cordial and friendly with the club.
0: Because yeah, but he hadn't had a chance to think about it then. That was all pretty new, I think. Uh, I think he got yeah. better twisted. Yeah, he, well, I, he had a better opinion of himself than everybody else did.
1: Yeah. Well, and also now I think he probably has, what, five year, or six years to process everything. So one would think that he probably thought about it. But, yeah, I don't know. I The only person that I think that might – Do it is uh potentially Emmanuel Adebayor, for two reasons: a he's kind of a loose cannon when it comes to his opinion; b he ain't good with money. So if he's not good with money, I bet somebody would interview him, or he would do it in a tell-all book, like you know many footballers do. They have biographies, so I wouldn't be surprised if he said something. But other than that, I can't. Well,
0: thinking about that, what about Judas?
1: Yeah, I, I, Judas was it came to my mind. Um, Aside from the, well, that's the thing. Aside from the contract, it might have he might have taken it personally with Alan Sugar because he never had a deal with the current regime of Daniel Le- Levy, Joe Lewis, and Enoch. So,
0: well, um, he didn't, may not didn't, hate didn't, us as much as we hate him.
1: <laughs> that is true.
3: Didn't Shembonda? Didn't Pascal Chimbanda have like some uh, like bad blood exiting?
0: Well, that remember was when he, I, that's when he was playing in the National League South, was it?
3: Yeah, he was like, I remember he, I don't know. I remember there being something with him, like upset about things, wanted to go run in his mouth. But other than that, like, I think we've been fortunate enough to not have too many players exit on bad terms like that, where, like even guys like Luka Modric, who I don't think exited on like the best of terms with us, he wanted out and this and that. I think he still is proud enough of his like time at the club where I don't think he would run his mouth and slag us. Uh, I don't think he'd be a club ambassador anytime soon. But like I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't think we have guys leaving on these bad terms, which is good and it speaks a lot about us. No, yeah, I think so. Exactly. And
0: I also think that um, it's remarkable to me how many people, how many players. Who leave us have great things to say about the club. I mean, actually, they don't. If they don't feel that way, they don't have to say anything. But yeah, because um,
1: Lucas you reminded
0: instance, me. He, I mean, he was just he, he loved playing for us, and I think many many other players did too.
1: Because Lucas you actually reminded me um back in '09. Darren Bett that summer, like he eventually moved transferred to Sunderland, but like I remember that summer, like he went on Twitter. He was just like he was. He didn't throw Daniel Lee on the bus, but he's like, make this happen. I want to leave type thing. Like, so that makes me wonder as well. But like that, aside from him, Modric, Bale was kind. I mean, Bale was a little ugly just because he didn't say anything at the time. But like, those were probably the nastiest. Or oh, and Berbatov, but like, he's never said anything bad about us after.
0: No,
3: yeah, he was at White Hart Lane on the final day, like waving his yeah. flag, wearing his suit and tie. He was. He's been proper Spurs ever since, he knows that.
2: I you have Erickson who uh, like just stopped playing for us before he left like uh, he, he but he never said anything after the fact. Um I
1: think that had to do more with his agent though.
2: Yeah. Yeah, probably. Uh, but
1: give it a
3: few years Eriksson's going to be look, like Eriksson's going to be well remembered and he's going to yeah. be well loved and he's going to love us. Oh, so yeah. It's just going to yeah. take a few years.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think uh, from here, I think from here on out, anybody doing that same kind of thing that was done yesterday on TV will be known as doing a Megan.
2: Yeah, huh? I, that would.
3: Be I'd it. like to be doing <laughs> a Megan. Yeah. Well.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Anyone in mind?
2: <laughs> well, on that note, we're going to move the conversation along into the um, the first match that we're going to discuss, which is th- this uh, past Thursday, March fourth. We took on uh, Fulham at home. Um, that was, a, a, a um, a 12 PM kick kickoff here in Chicago. Um, it was, a a bit of a grinded out result. So we did get, uh, we did get a goal and then it looked like we kind of, uh, backed off uh, in our aggressive efforts to, to put the game away. Um, it, it felt like a struggle. And I remember sitting at the pub with people, uh, Peter, I'm thinking of you, Um, we were sitting there and saying like, you know, if this, the way we're playing, if, if, if this is how the rest of the week goes and this is how we look against palace, I'm going to be a little bit concerned. Um, but I also understood that this was a full that's a defensive team. We, uh, and we found a way to grind out the victory despite what happened, but, but let's hear from you guys on
0: this one. So, uh, John, let's start with you. Yeah, I think one of the things is that Fulham is a very underrated side. I mean, in, in the beginning of the season, um, I think I heard one of the commentators saying this over the last couple of days. They came up playing, thinking that they could play the same way that they played in the championship, and it didn't work, and they had a horrible beginning. But okay. since they've gotten over that and have started to put some results together, they're a very strong team. Um, I just hope there's enough games left for them to be able to get out of the bottom three. Because and you know, to um, to justify that comment, look at the result they got against Liverpool over the weekend.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. and I mean, the they, Brighton, they shut uh, Liverpool out. And Brighton kind of falling apart on Saturday helped their cause too.
0: Yeah. So yeah.
1: it's definitely they're not out of the woods yet, but it's they have a good shot of get surviving. And, and they have a, a tough run way.
2: of games to go through, oh, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: And I think, I think John brought up a good point in that. I think Fulham, this is a Fulham side that their place in the table doesn't really fairly represent how they are in terms of a team. Like I think they're a lot better than their record shows. Um, they have some good young players and they have a manager that seems to have them playing at a really high level, but these types of games where in the moment we think they're so ugly and then just a little bit of time and you recognize like maybe that wasn't as ugly. Cause again, we're like, oh man, that was an ugly, grinded out. And people are thinking, oh, that's Jose Ball. And then you look at Fulham at the weekend beats Liverpool away. Yeah. So it's it's very similar to like when it works the other way too. Like when we beat Southampton in the fall and everyone was like, oh, you beat Southampton 5-2. It's just Southampton. And then a few months later, it's November and they're on the top of the table. So it's like, wow, that win looks a little bit better in the rearview mirror than it does in the moment. And so I think that with a team like Fulham and especially how crazy this Premier League year is, those types of wins are, they're three points. So it might feel a little bit ugly in the moment, but uh, that's a tough, that's a tough place to go play. And it's a good three points to get.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I also think we should acknowledge the fact that this was a shutout. Um, Those have been coming a little bit more regularly. Now the defense seems to have it together and Fulham pressed, but the defense held well.
2: Well, uh, on the shutout, we probably do have to have the conversation about whether it should have been a shutout or whether there should have been a penalty. Uh, there was a, like a questionable handball for for Fulham. Within the rules, it was called c- correctly and the goal was overturned. Um, then afterwards, I, I call it the reverse Tottenham. Uh, uh, n- normally, like uh, uh, so we get fucked over by something and they, they change the rule after. This time, we fucked somebody over. Uh, with the rule, and then they like, oh yeah, we probably should change that because of our benefit. But uh, I think Lucas, you're first.
3: Yeah, um, it sucks. It sucks if you're on the if you're on Fulham side, like that's it's tough. Um, but at the same time, spilt milk. That's the way it is. Uh, that's the rule. And you had loads of opportunities to score, you didn't, and it happens, and it happens to us several times. Like, look at the, the Newcastle, the dire handball that was absolute shit. You look at the Lucas Mora one against Sheffield away last summer where he got fouled. They called the foul and played the advantage, and as he was on the ground, somebody kicked it off the side of the shoulder. Like, that, you couldn't make that stuff up. That was the most bogus thing I've ever seen, so it happens. And
2: yeah. you,
0: to
3: prevent that from actually screwing you, you got to take your chances and make the most of them, and they didn't, and it sucks that that has to be their narrative, is that they got screwed out of points. <laughs> but that's the rule. It sucks, but We all have to get boned by it sometimes.
1: Yep. Uh, Tommy? (laughs) Yeah, Lucas, I'm pretty much in agree with you. Like, I mean, Sanchez, I thought he played a great game. I was done with him. And then Burnley, he played well. Fulham, he played well. So it was kind of an unlucky thing on his part. Fulham, a little unlucky. Like, I mean, I'll be honest. I wouldn't have reversed that if I was a ref on the field. But, I mean, it's lucky to have – the rules on our side this time, so I'll gladly take it. It's just, I don't know. It The thing that bugs me the most about it is like they just kept pressing and or kept pushing us and trying to get the scoring chances. Fair enough. Defensive line, him or Sanchez, Toby, great. Hugo Lloris had some great saves as well. So thankfully the defense saved our bacon with this uh, or even with the goal Delioli had it, but I mean it's called the
2: was called the own goal. goal. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I mean, sometimes you gotta win ugly to shine out. Because I mean, under I I don't want to hate on Pajatino anymore, but I mean during his reign, we dom we either dominate teams or won pretty. So grinding it out, I'm like sometimes you gotta do that, and it's it kind of tests the mental capacities of, of the of the squad because like if you like it I think it builds another way to build confidence that was like hey we don't have to win pretty we don't have to do counter attack all the time sometimes we can grind it out and win and sometimes that it builds character that way so I'll take it
0: yeah and as far as these kind of uh decisions are concerned it it's a swings and roundabouts or as my great old dad would say six and two threes um some have gone against us some have gone for us i mean and that was the argument when we against bringing in uh, var was that these kind of decisions would equal themselves out <coughs> but um so I, I do like the fact that they've clarified the law though because that was a that was a uh, i think it put referees in, in a terrible position where they had to make a call that they didn't agree with
2: yeah yeah, I, I think there's a case. There's a certain element that has to be a judgment call that you're taking out of the hands of the ref and and that type of call. So I don't necessarily disagree with overruling it. I'm glad we got the call in our benefit because we got screwed by so many handballs that uh, like we were owed one. I feel like sorry. Yeah, for- Champions well.
3: League Champions League final comes to mind, but I don't know if Fulham has to worry about any of those. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, and I think you could make the call too that, that Harry Kane won in the first half could have been a penalty as well. I don't know. Uh, the, they VAR'd it and they decided no penalty, but Harry clearly got clipped and in the box. And if it's not, if they, they said no penalty, but if it's not a penalty, then Harry should have been booked for diving. So yeah. I think they got, they, they were very unfortunate to have that ruled off in the second half there. But there's a very clear argument that could be made that we should have had a penalty given. Half. So VAR giveth, VAR taketh away.
0: Yeah, I'm not a great fan of the of the thought that you just made that if it wasn't a penalty, it was a it was a yellow card the other way. Um, because I think that there are three situations: there's an obvious penalty, there's an obvious non penalty, and then there are those where they aren't called as penalties, but um, it's not because the uh, the defender fouled. It, it's a mishmash of legs, maybe, or something. Something like that. So I do believe that there are three decisions that can be made in those situations, not just the two.
2: Yeah, I I, I, I think there is this gray area that, uh, unfortunately, bar happening this uh, the, these last couple seasons uh, forces us to look at this way too closely. Sometimes, like, uh, and maybe some of these decisions should just be made on the the field of play. Um, and if they make some errors, like uh, it, 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 at least play continues and we don't um, you know, cause uh, unnecessary dramas, losses, and wins because of calls that were overruled by a video replay. Uh, Lucas?
3: I think the best way that you can protect yourself from these kind of decisions is to try and be as clinical as you can and take advantage of your opportunities. Um, if you look at the Southampton game that I mentioned earlier, that we won 5-2 away at St. Mary's in the fall. We gave up a penalty off a Doherty handball where the guy just flicked it up into his arm, same kind of thing, and it was given a penalty. But not many of us really cared because we were up 5-1 in the 80-something minute. So it doesn't really... It was, like, not a big deal. If that was 2-1 when that happened, we would have all lost our minds. So as Spurs, like, the best thing we could have done in that game is what we did, and we took advantage of our opportunities. I think in that Fulham game, to bring it back to Fulham. I think we had a couple of Harry Kane had that sitter right in front of the net off that ball. in. I think I probably give him a 99% chance to make that. And he just put it right on the keeper. So we had our opportunities too. And I was just, I was grateful that at least we were able to see it out kind of like what Tommy was saying, winning ugly, but yeah, with, with VAR at least best thing you can do is just try and not let it be a thing by taking advantage of your choice there opportunities there
2: yeah no good point uh any final thoughts on this before we go to mvp lvp okay let's do okay. mvp uh let's start with tommy for mvp
1: so i alluded to it i would have said sanchez i thought he did great he had one hiccup but it got reversed so got a little luck with that but i'm gonna give it to toby i feel that he had command of the back line i he anchored them very well um it was kind of like watching him again it's like he's got renewed there's a renewed uh of him i guess so to speak i he's not i mean i'm not saying he's playing like as well as like when he was paired with jan Bertongan, but i think right now he's still very serviceable and he still has a lot of gas left in the tank
2: yeah, okay, good shout. Uh, Lucas?
1: Uh,
3: I actually gave mine to Hugo. Uh, I thought it was fitting that he saved us and bailed us out a couple of times, especially after last week I gave him the LVP in the game he didn't play in. <laughs>
2: yeah. So, <laughs>
3: <laughs> but, yeah, I thought he played really well, and I agree with Tommy. I did want to give a shout-out to Sanchez, though. I thought Sanchez played really well. That was just kind of an unfortunate clearance there that gave up that VAR goal. But, um, yeah, I thought Sanchez played well, but Hugo's mine.
0: Okay, good. So, John, Um, I'm going to go with Sanchez Uh, over the last that this was the first game where I really saw him have the kind of talent that obviously Mourinho has thought he's had for some time. I thought he was uh, ever present at the back. He and Toby had a good relationship together, and I think he really stepped up. So I'm going to go with uh, Sanchez.
2: Uh I, I think I'm, uh, we're going to have four different people. I'm going to go with Deli Ali on this. I, I like. I, I think like the, the the goal. Yes, it was an own goal, but it was certainly uh, an opportunity that was created by Deli Ali's efforts. I think just in general, um, he showed that he belongs in this th- this squad and can play in a Premier League match, even if it is our midweek match. Uh, um, I, I think the guy that we had been watching that we had lost faith in or at least thought that Jose had lost faith in, and and therefore, like, when he was making the pitch, we weren't seeing that much out of him, is kind of gone. And I think we found a way to get something out of him once again, whether it's a rotation player or not. Um, uh, so it was nice to see him have another decent performance, I think. Um, and I may give it to him for, for this one, uh, because it was the one goal difference. And uh, in this case, that was... Uh, a huge, uh, a huge goal for us. It would have been a, uh, it would have been the difference between two points. So, um, yeah. LVP. Uh, let's start with Tommy.
1: I voted for Matt Doherty. I felt he did. I mean, spoiler. Alert, I felt he did redeem himself yesterday, but on Thursday, I I don't know. He was just sloppy. Um, He didn't really attack well. He didn't defend well. And, yeah, compared to everybody else, I would say he was LVP. Uh, Lucas? Uh, Yeah, I actually thought Tommy
3: was very nice right there. I had Doherty (laughs) as well, but I would say I'm going to be a little bit more harsh. I thought he was absolutely useless. Uh, He was slow. He was lazy. it, it, It really shocks me sometimes how much poorer we look with these rotated fullbacks like even yesterday when doherty played like at least having regulan out there it just gives a different dynamic when it's doherty and davis i can't remember the last time those two played and i was like excited about how they looked it's and i thought doherty was just much i mean he was just absolutely horrendous uh
0: joe um i'm gonna go with uh davis I think Doherty had a poor game, but so did Davis. And I, I get the impression with Regulon coming on and some changes that I think may be made over the next year that Davis is uh, could be surplus to requirements. Um, he's certainly been a fantastic player for us, but I think he's on the wane. And uh, I think this game kind of showed a little bit of his weaknesses. And then when you saw Regulon in the next game, you realised just how much we were missing by having... Uh, Davis in there,
2: yeah. I think uh, I think John's right. Like, uh, and I think it has to be a fullback with this one as LVP. Uh, uh, whoever you pick, but I'll go with Davy uh, Davies this time. Um, and I do think that when we have these guys that that can't push the game forward, like that, they're like we we need that effective fullback position that. We just don't get out of our backup uh, guys. I, I, I think Arie uh, and R- Regulon can do it, but uh, but when they can't play, like I think we're in a pickle. And it shows <laughs> us that like we need we need more depth at that position, unfortunately. And maybe it's Essignan coming back. I'm sure we'll talk to you about that, John, at halftime. But uh, but yeah, he's my LVP. I think that's a a good shout. I agree with John on that. So um, let's move the conversation along to the uh, the second match that we had this week. So I remember coming into that phone when I in thinking that like this feels like Jose Ball again. We're going back to this defensive, we're bottom of the table team, and we're uh, we're struggling to grind out a barely one 0 victory, um, overruled by uh, a bad call ish. And if I was thinking, if we don't come into this Crystal Palace uh, game with, with with some kind of ideas and and aggressiveness and uh, creativity, that it it would bring us back to the despondent feeling that we had about a month ago, where we were really struggling through matches and losing the teams or drawing teams that we should be beating. Um, and then I saw the lineup, and we had this... Uh, everybody I talked to, like uh, when when we said uh, Harry Winks, uh, everybody's face became long at, at the pub when we were watching this. It's like, oh, Winks. Well, I hope this works. Um, and not that Ndombele needs some rest, and uh, we have to find some other ways to, to win matches without Ndombele from time to time. But, uh, but this felt a little bit... Uh, um, desperate, but then we, we came out and we got the early goal and, um, we went through the whole half looking strong and it was the last five ten minutes of the first half that things just kind of, the wheels came off for a second and that fear all came back to me you know, thinking like, Oh, is this, is this where we're going again? Is this what we're going to do? Another like one, one draw or two, one loss or, um, and the second half just turned it right around. But I'll let you take it from here, Lucas.
3: Yeah, um, I think at the beginning there, you have, when we, like you mentioned, Winks, when we saw the lineup. And for me, it was a difference. It was all about with whether or not Zaha was going to play. So with Crystal Palace, their last couple games without Zaha for the last month, they've had virtually nothing going forward in attack. But they've been very sound at the back. Like you just saw on Wednesday, they had United and they got a nil-nil draw at home. So United couldn't break them down. So I was worried if they were going to not have Zaha play and it was going to be one of those games of us having the ball trying to break them down, then Winks was the last person I wanted to see in that game. because In those situations, Winks tends to just be the guy that stands around the top of the box, recycling the ball sideways, not actually helping us break down and crack an opposition. But I loved the way we came out, and I thought we were fast. We were up for it. We looked hungry. Uh, we had that sun had a great chance right over the middle from, I think, a bail ball. And like Son was right in front of net and headed it right on the keeper. But we looked up for it. And it was, again, like you said, we met uh, the early goal. I thought that was great from Lucas Mora. Uh, I think he initiated that whole thing. That ball across from Kane was class. Um, but yeah, we just, we looked very hungry and up for it, which was great to see, especially following what we call an ugly win on Thursday.
0: Yeah. Uh, Joe? Yeah, I think uh, when I first saw the lineup, it wasn't Winks that was in that that struck me. It was Bale, Wink, um, Bale, Kane, Son, and then Lucas just backing them up in the middle there. And I thought, my goodness, if they can put this together, they're going to be fantastic, and they were. And uh, th- I'd also like to talk a little bit about Winks. I've never been as much of a naysayer about him as some others. And uh, I saw some of the comments on on social media after the game saying, "Oh, he's used he this. He never passed the ball forward." um that wasn 't true. He was involved in one of the goals when he pushed the ball out to Doherty for the for a cross in and uh, he does push the ball forward and i I think he did he did what he needed to do in that game um and I think he had a creditable performance um but but yeah, just to see the power behind that lineup and it just all coming together. Uh, Mourinho has said that he thought the goal that we gave away at the end of the first half was what we needed. Um, I was like you, Anthony, you know, is this going to be, you know, are we going to go down from here and lose 2-1 and that'll be the end of it? But uh, no, I think this team has got more in it than that. And uh, they just came forward and uh, and did what they needed to do. I thought it was a fantastic performance.
2: Well, John, you mentioned, uh, I think John, you and Lucas both mentioned Lucas here. And we have a question that that goes to Lucas that comes from Shubes. So, uh, Tommy, do you have that question queued up? Yes, I do. For the role that Lucas was playing in this match is what he asked us about.
1: Yes. Uh, Shubes' question. Thoughts on Lucas in the number 10 role seem to cause Palace problems as they played their Banks of four quite close to each other. I don't know what banks of four means, but I'm assuming it's the back line.
2: The back line, yeah, mm-hmm. is what he's referring okay. to.
1: Uh, but, Lucas...
2: uh, oh, oh, no, I'm sorry, did you not finish oh, the
1: question? Uh, no, no, actually, Lucas, go ahead, because mine, I thought it was on Lucas, but it's actually independent of this, so. <clears throat> uh, no, my thing with It's something, it looks like it's an adjustment that Jose
3: did recently throwing Lucas in that number 10 role and actually putting Bale out wide. And I think it actually frees Bale up for a little bit more freedom. And yesterday was, Lucas was a very unique number 10 because he was almost like a destroyer that was just playing a lot higher up the pitch. He was involved in over 20 something duels. Uh, He had, like, I think he had, I think he won, I think it was like 40% or something of those I saw, but it just, he was causing chaos in these advanced spaces, which was great. Cause when we, like, for example, that first goal, winning the ball in that position just tees up Kane to come across and set Bale up for a tap in. So I liked seeing him in that role. I think it gives Bale the freedom and it just causes a lot of chaos in really unfortunate positions for Palace.
2: Well, and I remember saying uh, before we go to John here, uh, when I saw the lineup, I'm like, uh, you, you know, if we're, we're going to go with Winks in, instead of Andonbele, I would rather see Deli Alley in that role. Uh, um, uh, somebody with a little bit of creativity that can kind of feed the ball to those. But but Lucas proved me wrong here, right? like, and you know, he, he he did that role
0: superbly. I think. What do you think, John? Yeah, I was just going to shout out to uh, Shoops. Thanks for the question, Shoops. Always nice to hear from you. Um, I thought he played that role better than I anticipated, but I, and I think he did a fantastic job at it. And I also think that Deli Ali can come in and spell him and be very effective in that role as well. So I think we've got a couple of choices. If we're going to stick with three up front, and I certainly hope we do, then um, that role is going to be critical, and I think both of them have the ability to play it extremely well.
1: Yeah. Uh, Tommy? Yeah, that's... A this is actually what I was going to talk about. So Lucas Mora, I'm just, he's not my MVP, but he was definitely my honorable mention. He had his hand in, you know, two goals because he was pressing like crazy. We knew that he was that defensive forward guy that's going to press the back line, trying to disrupt play. And thankfully for us, it worked on two occasions. Um, In our group chat, Joe was talking about Lucas Mora and like just the way he played. And I'm just like, he's the way that, or he is what Steven Bergwijn should be doing. Um, Unfortunately, with Steven Bergwijn, thankfully, he's still young and it's a work in progress. But I'm like, this gives Lucas Moore a new lease on life, and this gives additional competition if and once Bale leaves. So, and also, it's like, just, it's kind of been the way that Spurs have been playing since Pochettino. It's like, we press up front, we try to cause disruptions, and that's our first line of defense is the front line. So yeah, it's it's actually been fun to see. And the way that we had we countered with those two with those two instances, it's kind of what we saw earlier in the season with the counterattack in general. So I'm I'm I hope this continues and I'm very pleased with it.
2: No, I agree with you Tommy completely and what well, I was really impressed with this whole match and Lucas was a big part of it but also I think everybody up front Sun Kane uh everybody I think was putting not afraid to put a foot in and challenge for the especially in the 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 Palace final third they 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 would challenge for balls um up top which we haven't seen in a long time it always seems like lose the ball, and then we all just fall back to our defensive position. But this was some aggression that we haven't seen in a while, and like, uh, Lucas played a huge part of that. And for me, a guy who was skeptical of him being in this game to begin with, I was impressed with, with that, uh, both his performance in that role and just how everybody else, uh, the the approach to the the match in general, like that aggression was something that we haven't seen in a while. Um, I think, Tommy, quick interruption, then Lucas.
1: Yeah, Uh, so in the Shadows Spurs Facebook group, Shubes actually tagged me in the BBC Football Daily podcast on Friday uh, because Michael Dawson was on at the half end of it. Uh, But one of the things that... uh, I forget who it was, but it was either Darren Fletcher or Jermaine Genus. They were talking, it's like, yeah, like, defense is just getting a bad rep because nobody's pushing forward, which kind of goes towards what Anthony was saying about being aggressive. Like, this actually, like, if we keep doing this, this is great because this helps give the defense a rest. They're not going to be pressured as much. They're not going to be prone to additional mistakes under pressure. This can let them breathe a little bit, not be as mentally or as physically tired at the at tail end of the game. So, if we keep doing this, like this is this can pay off handsomely with the trophy at the end of the season. Uh Lucas. Yeah. And I think Tommy's point actually just leads into what I was going to say, which is
3: sometimes the best defense for us, at least it looks, is that attacking aggressive offense. And that's kind of what I want to talk about. Was the one thing I know this was a great game that we all loved, but. The one thing that did drive me nuts was that last 10 minutes of the first half. And Bale said it. I said it to Tommy when we were out uh, (coughs) at the pub yesterday at halftime, like, and Bale reiterated it in his presser at the end of the game was just, why did we just stop for 10 minutes at the end of that first half? Bale said it himself. He's like, we were on top for 35 minutes. And then we kind of let it, let it get away from us. So I'm curious as to like what mentally goes on there where, For 35 minutes, Palace couldn't even get the ball in our half. And then for, like, the last 10 minutes of the first half, it seems like we couldn't get it out of our own box. Like, they were just – it seems like we just let them have the ball. And, of course, at the end, like, 30 seconds before halftime, it ends up resulting in a Benteke header. So, I I don't get what that was about, and I don't like to see when we do that. But at at least I was grateful that we came out in the second half and it looked like we – completely had a boot up our ass and we're ready to go. But I don't like to see just that random bit that we seem to do a lot where we just turn off. Yeah. Um,
0: so- I, I I'm with you. Um, I think it's a lack of concentration. And I also think that we lose something by having uh, a goalkeeper as a captain because if you've got a situation and you're the captain and you're playing on the field and you see everybody losing concentration and, and not getting on with what they want to do, then it's your job to shake everybody up. Well, you can't do that from the back. You can't do that from a goalkeeper's position. Um, and, I, and I think we miss a little bit I, from that. Um, I know that teams have come moved away from doing that than they used to, but I think that that, that could have helped. And, and as... Uh, Jose said that was the best thing that happened to him. They started mucking about and they gave up a goal. And it's like, hey, you know, this is what happens when you lose concentration. You're going to give up goals. And they came up in the second half and had got it all straight and um, just went from strength to strength. Well, and uh, do, you th- do you
2: think that if uh, Hugo leaves this year, that we uh, like Hoy Bear
0: becomes captain or... Uh, I think in it in, to Harry. in the team in the Probably team Harry. that I play, if I were the manager, I would put, I would make the central midfield player if he's, if he's dominant like Hobeier, I would make him captain. Um, I know he hasn't been there as long as uh, as Harry as, as Harry, but I, I think that you know a a good driver, a Dave McKay in the middle of the field, you know. Urging people on and, and getting them to carry on and fight. I, th- I think we lose a bit by not having that kind of uh, that, that kind of position.
1: Yeah. Tommy. Yeah, that was actually I'm glad you brought that up, John, because uh, Peter, friend of the podcast, he we we talked about this. I think the reason at the time Hugo was capped is because, like, oh, he's captain his country. And I'm like, this could kind of bleed into the squad and pay off. And the thing, like, for me, a captain, I'm like, I don't want Harry Kane as captain. And I will tell you why in a little bit. But, like, Hoy Barak, he was captain in Southampton until the whole contract thing went up. And James Ward-Prowse, or he got stripped of it. James Ward-Prowse took over as captain. Whatever. But I, in terms of captains, like, we need somebody that's going to be here for a long time. Because right now we're in a state of transition. And how Anthony was saying, and you agree, John Hoiberg? I think he's prime for it. We need somebody vocal. We need somebody that leads by example. Harry Kane, he's not as vocal. He's the one that leads by example. He's like the captain, like Ledley King. Ledley King wasn't as vocal. Like, and I hate to <laughs> drill this even further, but like in the duration of my Spurs fandom. Which is 19 years, I'm saying Michael Dawson was the best captain I've ever seen because he was a he was an on the field manager. Talent-wise, yeah, he wasn't as good as Toby, Yonda Tong, and et cetera. But he directed people, and told people what to do, and people listened. That's the big thing. Because I'm like, if for example, if we were not or if like, you know, we were defending, we're not attacking like in previous games earlier this calendar year. We need somebody to get in somebody's face. We need somebody to yell at them. We need like a Roy Keane, Patrick Vieira type of person that makes people accountable and actually respects and that actually will execute the coach's needs.
2: I think the Lucas was next. Uh...
3: Yeah, I I agree. Uh, My thing with – I think it's funny because I think it would have to go to Harry just because it's Harry, but I'd actually like it to go Toy bear. Um, and it's funny that John mentioned the Dave McKay thing because I'm mean, like Tommy and I have a framed photo on our wall in our sitting room out here of Dave McKay grabbing somebody by like the shirt and looking like he's about to punch him in the face.
0: Billy Bremner. Like, there's
3: different.
1: Yeah, and there's it's different. Billy types
0: Bremner of things. Leeds. That's a famous. Yeah. Picture. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah and, and, because wall. Of, and because of his reputation, that commanded respect. Because well, of and meat. you could see
3: and you could see Hoiberg doing the same thing. Hoiberg the guy that looks like he's about to explode with excitement when we get a clearance like that guy is up for it and there's different types of leaders which is kind of what you were alluding to tommy you have your guys that lead by example your harry canes that are probably the first one in last one out on training days, stuff like that but that's not the guy that you need when you're 35 minutes in against palace and you're starting to lose focus that's not the guy that can help you there that guy is your hoy beer or someone that's going to grab somebody by the scruff of the neck and tell them This is what we need to do. Lock it back up. Let's go and let's see this out till halftime. So I I really do think John's point was genius about it being Hugo.
0: Yeah, I I think that's a
3: massive disadvantage.
0: And the other reason why it shouldn't be Hugo is that if there is some kind of dispute in the field about a foul, the captain is allowed to go up and talk to the referee about it. Well, Lloris can't do that. I mean, if the dispute is in the other half he's not going to run all the way up the field to be the one that argues about it there should be somebody on the field that uh, and i don't think it should be harry kane i mean giving it to harry kane is a bit like uh you know when i used to coach over here you'd coach the boys and they'd have a different captain every week because everybody wanted to be captain well <laughs> you don't <laughs> it, it it's a specific role and a specific Uh, job that you've got to do and you've got to be the one at it. And I don't think Kane um, should be that, uh, should be that guy. You know, it should be a central midfielder. Um, But Kane's been there longer. So he gets, he gets it. So, I mean, I think the captain is meaningless. um, He's also the
3: best player on the planet. So that helps. (laughs) Well, I mean, (laughs) going to get him some popularity. I mean, to,
1: to go towards your point, John, I mean, Leadership always shines through, what, like, leaders always shine through regardless if you have that armband or not. Like, they always say that, in like, the business world's like, the cream rises to the top type deal. So, I mean, if Harry Kane was given the armband, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Hoyberg or whoever, if they were vocal and had those leadership qualities, they'd be like, hey, you're not saying anything. I have, like, we got to step up if we're going to win this thing. You know, somebody's got to say something. So,
2: yeah. I, I I like it, and I definitely agree with all of you. But I, we I think we should move the conversation along. We have one more question for this match, then we got to go to MVP LVP. So, Kyle mates asks us another uh, separate question that's completely shifting topic. So, uh, uh, Tommy. Uh,
1: okay, so Kyle's question, um, I forget which goal was. I think it might have been the. I think it was the first goal with uh, Bale with a tap in, but it's whose yeah, it ghost was. is okay. It's whose ghost is possessing Cahill in the picture. He look, he's like falling back with his arms filling. Um, for me, I would have said Michael Jackson,
2: <laughs> but without
1: the rhythm. But
2: <laughs> the moon walking backwards.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, Lugas. I think. I mean, he
3: looks like if for all the anyone that hasn't seen the picture, it looks like like classic frankenstein with like the arms locked out forward but to me i actually thought of mike dean when he was celebrating the dembele goal that one time when he was playing the advantage (laughs) when mike dean was playing the advantage and it looked like he was celebrating (laughs) dembele's goal so that was was the first thing that popped into my head was
2: yeah okay i could see that yeah um it would. It was certainly, like, a – and and that was the the Bale goal, like, where he just kind of made him look silly, wasn't it? Like, it's – on a whole, like, that we're seeing that out of Gareth Bale is more the story to me here, obviously. Like, uh, um, Bale has come back in a way that he has found a way to um, to, to make – players look silly again and it, make memes it,
3: out of defenders yeah. that's what we need
2: yeah yeah like in like the, the fact that we have Bale scoring the first two goals in this match and then harry kane coming back and answering with the next two i mean just bodes so well for this squad this is so freaking exciting to watch at this point is i think the the, the real story here more than any uh, ghost possession happening on the pitch here uh, but um um. But any final thoughts on the action in this? Like we've talked a lot about the uh, the squad, but this was a a forewarned victory. This was a, a a a good performance other than that ten minutes that we talked about. Um, uh, this is where it seems like we want to go, right?
0: Uh, talk- well, not only was it a four goal victory, it was the third four goal uh, <laughs> target in the last four games. Uh, we 'd lost. Uh, we have our third goals. on the bounce at home, right? We've scored four goals if you include the Europa League. Um, so, yeah, I'm very excited about the the way that we'd set up. Um, was I getting a bit frustrated with Mourinho because he didn't really seem to to get it right? Yeah, I was, but I think absolutely he's got it right now. And um, you know, a month ago. I didn't think much about the, uh, Carly, the 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 league cup final. I thought Man City would blow us away and that it would be a bit of a disappointment. Since then, United have beaten City. We've stepped it up. I think it's you know, if we play the way that we did, we've done over the last couple of games, we'll give City a really good run in that cup final and make it a great game, and I'm looking forward to that.
2: Yeah, and uh, like any chance at Silverware is going to be exciting for me this year. Like, uh, I mean, we were ecstatic when we made the Champions League a couple years ago, uh, that that final, which obviously that's huge and this is nowhere near that level. But like any chance at silverware this year, uh, I, I'm excited with how crazy this year has been. Um, but um, any final thoughts on Crystal Palace? Let's go to MVP and we'll start with uh, Lucas first.
3: Yeah, I think it's an easy one. I mean, two goals, two assists. I don't know how you can't say it's
2: Kane. Yeah, I, I, it would be a hard case not to call it Kane. Wouldn't it be? Uh, um, I mean, Bale, you can make a case for how well he played, but um, but I love the fact that you see Harry Kane stepping up to the the plate after watching two Bale goals. And then, like, nope, I, I I've got more. To <laughs> <say."> yeah, <laughs> um, uh, like, don't don't ever
3: challenge Harry Kane. It'll only end up in more sport, uh, Spurs goals. So, <laughs>
0: yeah. So, John. Well, yeah, I think that I'm going to give it to Kane too, which I don't like to do. Um, you know, I think that if an if another player gives a really sensational performance and Kane scores a couple of goals, then give it to the guy that doesn't normally get it. But two goals, two assists. And one of those goals was sublime. Um, I don't think it could go anybody this, else, as you say. There's a case for Gareth Bale because he got two goals and and he played beautifully too. But uh, this time around, I'm going with the uh, going with the favourite, Harry.
2: Yeah, and good shout, out Lucas, on the uh, the Doherty assist. Like, as much <laughs> it's as like we, the
3: yeah, it was like the like, Vertonghen assist for Sun last year.
2: Yeah, like it, we, we're all sitting there bashing him how bad he's playing, and all of a sudden. Oh, that's a beautiful assist right there. <laughs> uh, maybe he should be in there, or maybe not. But uh, Tommy, uh, who do you have?
1: I have Kane as well. Uh, both what John and Lucas said, I can't disagree. I mean, Bale is a distant second compared to Kane, but like he, how John was saying, like that third goal, Kane just he made it look so easy and. That's, I mean, once he leaves or retires, like, that's going to be the thing we miss the most, aside from his goal-scoring output. It's just, like, the fact that he works so hard for everything, like, it's clearly paying off now in his professional life. Like, how about him clearing Tommy? How about him clearing
3: that one off the line yesterday when he was standing in front of Hugo and was just like, Don't worry, about oh you, yeah, I got this. Yeah,
2: I remember <laughs> sitting there talking with Peter at the bar. It's like, does yeah. that I'm fail? like, what does he not want to? Like,
3: there's no other striker on the planet that gives you that. He's just above and beyond.
2: Yeah, it's like, Geez, like, how is he that guy? He's doing Hugo's
1: <laughs> job for him? Yeah, it is unreal.
2: He's just like, Step aside, we don't need your hands. I can do this with my head. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> No, it was brilliant. Like it like the, the what he d- provides on both end of the balls is just he's such an amazing talent and we and and the fact that some people in the league don't realize it still just shocks me. Like if you watch that man what everything that he can accomplish, he's great and he's my MVP as well. Uh does anybody have an LVP for this match given the circumstances? It looks like Lucas does his uh is I, it Joe, Yeah. Joe Hart? Is it Joe Hartley? No. <laughs> <me>? <laughs> no. I wanted to
3: give mine uh, to Huralio Gomez. I think that was the keeper that gets the LVP this week. No, <laughs> uh, I actually, it, it, it feels harsh because I, I really didn't have an LVP, so I was struggling to find one. But I just wanted to give a mention to I, I think Sun sometimes in games like this can kind of get lost for a large chunk of time. And there was about a 35, 40 minute window where Sun just seemed to be a ghost. And I think that's not down to him. I think that's might be down to fatigue and the fact that he hasn't gotten arrested and God knows how long, but I think, yeah, he, son kind of disappeared in moments, but again, I don't want to throw him under the bus as LVP. Cause I think it speaks a lot to him that he was able to just pop back up at random moments and like get a great assist to Kane. So, but yeah, yeah. if I'm struggling that hard to find an LVP, I think that speaks to how well we played overall. Well-
2: and I, I do think that he was one of those guys that was putting his foot in and challenging the ball way more than yeah. I expected uh, out, out of him. So I, that, that's a harsh, harsh judgment for him.
3: Very,
0: very. Yeah. John? I also do not want to make Winks my uh, LVP specifically and to say that I don't want. Because I think some some may be inclined to do that, and I'm not inclined to do that. I thought he had a fine game, and I don't think any of them deserve to be LVPs after a performance like that. Yeah.
1: Okay, uh, Tommy? No, I'm going to agree with everybody. Uh, not going to lie, though, mm-hmm. Doherty did irk me at the beginning, like Lucas was telling me. He's like, yeah, look, like, he, we're watching highlights yesterday, and he's like, look at all this space he has. He's not going for the kill. You know, like, he has... And he was like, yeah, he's faster than Trippier. So I'm like, why isn't he going for it? But then like eventually he had some crosses in. And then like I felt that he kind of picked himself up. Uh given the circumstances of how he's been playing previously. But yeah, and how John was saying, like, Harry Winks. Like, I like when I saw the lineup, how we was talked at the beginning, I'm like, ah crap. I'm like, I understand and Domboy isn't playing a lot and needs to rest, but I'm like, I'd rather have Sissoko in, but I'm glad that whatever happened in the tail end of the first half got or was eradicated. Joe was able to fire up their ass. They played great second half, so I'll take it.
2: Yeah, and to, to be fair, like I think we probably would have been able to develop a LVP out of our defense if that if that game ended, match ended in a draw after giving up that goal at the halftime. Like I think probably there's some cases that would be made like maybe Sanchez could have closed up the defense a little bit that we couldn't let, we would have not let that cross in if Doherty had been covering uh, I'm sure there's something that we could have come up with uh, as LVP if we hadn't pulled out a four, one victory, but it's, it just seems too harsh given the circumstances. I, I think my LVP is just that five minutes that we, or 10 minutes that we shut down at the end of the first half Um and I know I'm not going to blame a particular person for that. And that that's what we have to fix. Um, yeah. But great, great half and or gr- great match in
0: general. Uh, John? Yeah, I also think it's important that we're not talking about Sanchez for LVP2. I mean, he's been a bit of a whipping boy um, yeah. over the last few games. And I certainly think that... Uh, He's really stepped up, and this combination of him um, at the back with Alderwald, I think, is fantastic. They seem to be playing very well together at the moment.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. Like we're finally getting something out of Sanchez, which um, it's been easy to pick on him for mistakes. Um, but Jose sees something, and it's starting to shape up and work out again. And may, maybe it was just the guy needed something to change for. He he needs to attack and not, not not
0: let the pressure
2: build up on him.
0: Yeah. I think just he, a little bit more experience and he's getting that. And, yeah, like uh, a
2: little more free flowing game like is good for a, a guy like him I think. He 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 can shine in those types of matches but but when it's uh, all pressure on the defense like he seems to cave. Um well, a great conversation in this half. Like, uh, I really really enjoyed it, but we, we we, have two matches to preview in the second half. We have the <laughs> Europa League against Dynamo Zagreb and uh, our match against the Scum on the weekend. But, but first, we have three halftime segments, so I'm excited about this. And we are going to start with Luke's locks first. All right.
3: I will wrap this up quick because we're coming off a four for four last week. So if you took my advice, you just got a lot of free money. You're welcome. So, roll with me again. We're going to go Spurs at home to Zagreb, minus 1.5. I think we're going to win by two. So, look for us to come out aggressive, and we're going to try and end this tie in the first leg. Um, And I think we're going to get the clean sheet. So, take us minus one and a half against Zagreb at home. Second, even though this sounds gross, it's free money. Arsenal away to Olympiacos, minus uh, half a goal. I think Arsenal dropping those points against Burnley in such ugly fashion They're going to want to get some momentum going before the derby on Sunday. So look for them to at least win away to Olympiacos. Take them minus a half goal. Three, Everton is minus a half at home against Burnley. Everton coming off a bad loss today. Burnley seems like they've been punching a little bit above their weight class lately. Uh, So they might be due for another beatdown. And Everton is in need of a win. Take Everton at home minus a half goal. And last, Fulham is at home to City take over two and a half goals. Fulham at this point has no choice but to try and come out, attack and get goals, which if you're playing Man City, is never a really great thing. So look for a really free flowing game and city coming off the goalless loss to United at home. They're going to want to come out for blood. So look for over uh, two and a half goals there. There's your four picks. There's your free money. Let's go get rich.
2: No, thanks Lucas. Uh, Let's go next to, uh, John's uh, loan player update.
0: Yeah, thanks, everybody. Uh, So this is John's uh, monthly update on the 14 players that we have out on loan. Uh, Mostly they're the young'uns. So I'm going to do a little uh, brief resume of what's happened to each of the 14 over the last uh, month, and then I'm going to finish up with uh, some ideas about where some of these players could help us out next year. So um, top of the list is always Oliver Skip. Um, he's playing for Norwich. They're 10 points clear of the, uh, of the pack as far as uh, getting promotion is concerned. He got his first senior goal against Birmingham and uh, they just love him there. There has been some talk that they would like to, uh, to keep him next year, but they also realize that they can't afford him. Um, Troy Parrott, who we've all heard a lot about, um, He's having a better time at Stoke than he did at Millwall. Um, he's now part of a bit of a resurgence at Stoke. They're up to 10th in the championship. Um, and he recently got an eight for his performance uh, versus Hull uh, by the local newspaper who, uh, who really made a bit. They, uh, they bigged him up on that. They said he had a, a really good game. Um, so I think he's in a position where he can move forward, whereas at Millwall, I don't think he was really moving forward. Um, the other big name, if you like, or one of the other big names, is Ryan Sessignon. He's uh, currently at Hoffenheim. He has just recurred, returned from injury. He missed seven games um, because he got injured. And he got back just in time to be beaten in the Europa League and get knocked out. So Hoffenheim's no longer in the, in the Europa League. And, uh, but Sessignon, is, um, he's fit again, and I expect him to play more games in the future. Um, one-fourth at Villarreal. I think it's interesting because he, while he was playing at, uh, at centre-back for a while, he's been playing right-back lately. Um, Villarreal are in the last uh, 16 of the Europa, so there's a possibility if we both win we could get, play against him. I don't know what the contractual situation would be if he'd be allowed to play there. But um, Villarreal are doing very well. They're um, in the playoff positions in La Liga. They're currently just their seventh. But um, again, he's playing for a team that's doing well in in his league and he's getting a lot of time. Um, As we know, um, there is a clause that Villarreal could take him permanently. So we're really not sure where his future lies, whether he comes back or he stays with Villarreal. Um, Jack Clark. Young, young striker. He's sent to Stoke City, and uh, he's been coming off the bench in all the games. He's yet to start, but um, he's getting good reviews, and Stoke are currently 10th in the championship. So, again, I think he's getting some good time. I'd like to see him get some starts, but, uh, yeah, we'll just have to see how that goes. He's a, he's a young player there. Um, Gazaniga at Elche. I'm still not sure how to pronounce that. If anybody knows, let me know. He still hasn't played. Um, Badia, their current goalkeeper, has kept his place. Uh, are one place above the relegation spot in La Liga. So um, I would imagine that's got to be frustrating for him. I mean, he wasn't even on the bench playing for Tottenham, and now he's gone into uh, La Liga, and he's and he's on the bench again. So... I'm not sure that he's enjoying that much, and I'm not sure that's much too much for the player. Um, Cameron carter what a player at Bournemouth! He's been uh, playing every game, ever present. They've just got a new manager, and I don't know if you knew this, but he's our old friend Jonathan Woodgate. So Woodgate is um, uh, is now his manager. There's talk that Bournemouth would want to make it permanent, but as a central defender. Um, I'm not sure that we should be letting him go. So um, they're, uh, they're certainly up for promotion and um, look forward to, to seeing them in the future, as well as Cameron Carter-Vickers. Harvey White, who we saw against Marine, um, lovely little midfield player. He's just gone down to Portsmouth. He, saw, he uh, scored his first senior goal, um, and he's getting good playing time in Portsmouth's uh, promotion bid to the championship. He came on uh, after sixty minutes in the four-one thrashing at, at Northampton, which was a bit of a that that was a surprise. Um, Portsmouth have been playing better than that, but they're currently in sixth place in the uh, in League One and looking for for promotion. So again, he's playing for a good team, which I think makes a difference. Um, Malachi Fagan, um, Fagan Walcott. I'm not sure which of those names he uses on a regular basis, but that's what we're going to go with. He's gone to Dundee in the championship. Um, and most of the Scottish games at the moment are either getting postponed because they got a frozen pitch or they're getting f- p- uh, postponed because of COVID. So they're not playing. Um, and I'm not sure how much good that is for him. I mean, if you're looking for him... Uh, he is playing for Dundee, which is in the Scottish Championship, not Dundee United. There is some maybe people have got confused there. Dundee United were in the uh, in the Premier League up there, but and they are so Dundee is one spot off of the playoff spot. Um, so hopefully he'll get some time once the pitch is unfreeze. Um, same thing with Kaziah Sterling. He went to, Greenock, um if you were confused by that, the last time I mentioned that name, uh, the name of the team is Grennick Morton. Sometimes you just see it as Morton. The other thing is Grennick is spelt with green at the front, so you may not have noticed that there. Um, but they've also had loads of matches postponed. Um, he's playing for a former uh, Spurs coach up there, and they are in a relegation playoff spot um, Playoffs in the Scottish League are a little bit different, I think. And as they're in League One, I think they play three teams from League Two, and the four of them go into a playoff there. But uh, again, they're not playing, and it's no its no good to anybody if he's not on the field. Um, TJ Ayoma playing at Lincoln, regular starter, doing a great job. They're pushing for promotion. They're currently third. They're top of the playoff positions. And also, let's not forget, he is a right back. Um, so I think we should keep an eye on him. Jack Rolls has gone to Stevenage. He's not been playing and he hasn't been on the subs bench. So I don't know what the, uh, what the long-term prognosis is for him at Stevenage, but if he must be frustrated if he's not at least getting on the subs bench there. Um, Jubriel Locondina playing for Cambridge United, also a centre-back. He's getting good playing time as the use uh, play for promotion to League One. They're currently in second in that, uh, in that automatic, and they're in an automatic promotion spot for there. So he's getting good experience. And he's playing with another Spurs guy at, at Cambridge, Shiloh Tracy. He's 22. He plays on the right wing. Um, and he just got his first start for, um, for Cambridge this week against Port Vale. So hopefully he'll be getting some time. So that's the 14 players that are on uh, on loan right now. Now I'd like to look a little bit ahead to see how some of these players could help us next season. Um, I think you've got the obvious uh, one is Skip. He could come in and give relief to Hobie. Um, obviously, a superb player. Mourinho says he's a future captain at Tottenham. So I. I don't think uh, it would do any good to get him out on loan again. I think he could be the midfielder that uh, we've alluded to that we need. Um, so I'd like to see him brought in. Um, Sessignon, he's playing at left wing back. Now um, we've we've got Regulon. I think Davis is uh, at the at the wane of his career. So I think Sassignon could help us in that left wing-back position next year. I think he's got experience to be able to step up and do that. Um, Cameron Carter-Vickers is a central defender, playing very, very well. Um, He may need a bit more time before being considered, but I think that uh, of the 14, these four are the most likely uh, to stay with the squad, and the other 10, I think, will probably do better to go out on loan again. But uh, we've got some fabulous stars out on loan, and I look forward to seeing them as the years go by and seeing them in a Spurs shirt doing a great job. So that's John's Lonely ra- Roundup, and uh, thank you all for listening.
2: Thank you that, for that, John. I'm definitely very uh, um, very interested in that conversation in general, and I, um, I definitely um, was most interested in – Carter Vickers, like, who seems to be doing well, like, I think we wrote him off uh, years ago, like, after we've seen him on loan, never really achieved much, but to see him actually doing well where he's at and being a useful part of his squad, maybe that does bode well for him, maybe maybe there will be more to get out of him in the future, but thank you so much for that, John, let's go to Tommy's,
1: Tommy's back page update. Alright, thank you Anthony uh, Okay, so as you all know My name is Tommy And this is your back page update So it's been reported by the Daily Express That owner Joe Lewis Has ordered Daniel Levy To make the club self-sustainable uh, It's claimed that Lewis Does not want to use his own fund To pay for future transfers And it's noted because of this Daniel Levy has asked for help From Egypt Jorge Mendez um, Who is he? His clients are Jetson, Fernandez, Matt Doherty, and Carlos Vinicius that are on the current or that were or are on the current squad. Um, Because of this, it's implied that Spurs will use this to link up to get deals done in future transfer windows. Um, Two of these things are or one of the things may be true. The other one is true. The issue is, is there any real correlation to this? Um, First things first, club was sustainable before the stadium was built And also, again, before the pandemic hit, um, relying on an agent I feel would be stupid on Daniel Levy's part. And let's be fair, that's the last thing anybody would call Daniel Levy. Next up, in the never-ending rumor of a new center back, it's been told by Calcio Mercado that Spurs have inquired about Fiorentina center back Nikola Milenkovic. This would align with how Spurs do transfers as... He is only 23 years old and has a lot of potential. Um, As of right now, of course, Toby, he isn't getting younger. He has had a little bit of rejuvenation, though. Um, Sanchez has been improving. Eric Dyer still looks a little lost. So, I mean, let's be fair. We still, I think it's best that we do need to buy a center back this summer. Um, As reported by Matt Law on Twitter, he believes that Spurs could stop any international players from joining their national teams at the end of the month because of quarantine rules. Um, Liverpool has acted on this already. Chelsea has been rumored too. Um, If Spurs did, potential Spurs players that would be affected um, would be Davison Sanchez, Giovanni Lo Serge Ori, and Hung Min Son. I do hope this is true like a lot of people. The main reasons is because we have a lot of games left. We are still in three competitions. Points and wins are to be had. Um, all these players are important to their national teams, but of course, Let's rather not burn them out or risk injury. Keeping them fresh could make a difference if a trophy is won or not. Lastly, in the other big hole in the squad right now is central midfield. Um, Aside from the rumor of Marcel Sabitzer from Red Bull Leipzig, multiple sources claim that Spurs may go with an alternate solution. His name is Sasa Lukic from Torino in Syria. Um, Honestly, I don't know about him. I just read... Some random snippets. One of the things they said was he was Harry Winks with physicality. Um, honestly, I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a slight upgrade. And of course, I'm Tommy, and this is your back page update.
2: You know, Harry Winks with physicality. Harry Winks with physicality. Who's not afraid to put the ball forward more often? I think would be good. Um, which Winks can do when he's on his game. Um, so. The, it could be interesting, but Tommy, uh, you 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 had uh, you raised your hand. You had a thought.
1: Oh, I was just messing with my hair.
2: Oh, okay. Uh, Lucas, um, I think
3: the I think the first thing with Tommy's back page update was in in terms of Winks with physicality. I've never actually questioned Winks' physicality. It's his attacking prowess that I would like. Uh, I think from John's update. A, I didn't know that Woodgate was manager of Bournemouth, so if we are going to see anything from Carter Vickers, I'd love that. I love that Woodgate's the one showing him the way, but yeah, I don't know. I think a lot of information to process there. With Tommy's. it's like you never know with these rumors what's what, so I'm... I will have to look into some of these guys, but I'm not going to get too excited.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, um, we have a lot to cover in the second half, so I, I'm going to get get us moving along. But thank you for all of your segments. Like a, a good good halftime content here today. Uh, but we we have a match this Thursday that we have to discuss um, before the weekend, one which I think is going to dominate most of the time. Uh, but we we have a Euro- Europa League match against Dynamo Zagreb. Uh, at home this Thursday. We have to play at home because uh, Arsenal got precedence over us for uh, p- playing at home in, in Europa because of their um, their um, FA Cup win last year. Uh, the, they get precedence. But currently, uh, Dynamo sits at first place in this Croatian first division with 54 points. That's 17 wins, three draws, and three losses. They're currently in a battle for first place. Um uh they um their most recent match was a 2-0 win at home and uh, the prior four matches before that were all wins in their league uh, um, upcoming they do have a match on sunday um their top uh, goal scorer right now is mario uh, gravanovic with 13 uh Orsic is has 12 behind him and bruno Petkovic is uh, behind him with six. Um, they don't have other stats such as assists or ra- rating in the Croatian League, so I didn't have any further details there. We actually have played Dynamo. Uh, for Some of you might remember this back in November 2008. We took them on and beat them 4-0 in the, uh, the UEFA Cup at that point. Um, so this isn't the first time we faced them. Obviously not relevant to the competition now. So what do you think on this, Lucas?
3: Um, I think uh, Bruno like Petkovic, if if I'm saying that right, is pretty much their main man. And I actually did a little research, watched a couple of YouTube clips on him. Um, I think he looks like the guy that is going to be who they funnel their goals through. He looks like a, he's 6'4", he's strong, he's fast, he's up top. He's their center forward, so if it's a... It it looks like it always is going to go through him. But that being said, I think defensively, this is a team that has had – they gave up one goal in the entire group stage. Um, They had – and I think that actual their one goal was in the last game when they had already won the group, and they were up 3-0 anyway. So, like, this is the team that likes to defend. So, I think the most important thing for us against a team like this is going to be the clean sheet and there's nobody I trust more in a home and away aggregate set like Jose but I think the number one thing is going to be trying to nullify what they're good at which seems to be getting the ball through Bruno and keeping the clean sheet so
0: yeah uh John yeah I think the, the there's a warning here do not underestimate this team this team um plays extremely well the Croatian first division is a strong division um, they have won, uh, I think the last four games in a row, if not more than that, they're obviously on a roll. Um, I think if we play the way that we've been playing the last couple of days, then we should be, uh, last couple of games and we should be in good position, but I think it would be a mistake to underestimate this team.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with you, John, and it has been at least the last five matches have been wins and they and they're going tip for tat with the the second place team that's kind of fighting for that competition but I think that they are pretty secure in their league nonetheless and like they they have nothing to lose but try for Europa League glory so so that that makes them a little bit uh dangerous I think um I do have the question from uh Peter so Peter asks us um more of a statement but I was disappointed not to see Delhi get the Palace start. But given how well Lucas is playing lately, is that a surprise? I'm assuming Delhi will start, start midweek. What do you guys think? Do you, do you think this is a Delhi Alley match here? Uh, uh Lucas, I think you were first.
3: Yeah, I absolutely think Delhi starts here. Um uh, I think we can't at this point we can't think too much into these rotational moves that we're doing just because of the amount of games we have. And I don't think Delhi is, I don't think he's match fit to be playing 90 minutes of two games in a week yet. And I think it's going to come and we need these guys to keep rotating. And I love the way that we have been managing it the last two weeks. So yeah, I absolutely expect Delhi to start on Thursday, but I, I wouldn't read too much into like the Lucas versus Delhi number 10 thing. I think it's just a matter of like rotating these guys to get what we need out
2: of certain matches. Okay, John?
0: Yeah, I think one thing that we've got to be very careful about is predicting anything that Mourinho is going to do. Um, to me, Ali's done enough to say that he should be an integral part of this team moving forward. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Whether he plays Thursday, I don't know because uh, Mourinho always seems to surprise me with his uh, with his lineups. I know he's going to go with a strong lineup. He wants to win the Europa Cup, so uh, I think if he does play, it'll be a good thing. But don't be surprised if he gets uh, if he's on the bench.
2: Yeah, hey, it could it could certainly go either way. Tommy, any thoughts before we go to predictions?
1: Yeah, with this, I mean. I definitely want Dele to start. I was telling Lucas earlier, like just for general rotation, I'm like, if Kane starts, I guess I'm okay with it. I'd rather have him come off the bench, similar to Bale and son, but um, the front or the front three midfielders, I, ideally if we could have Dele, Lamela, and Bergvine, because a they're, they're probably not going to start on Sunday um, and g- keep them relatively fresh and, keep them perked up uh, in terms of playing time. So, and I mean, Bergwijn has a featured for a while. Let's see what he has to offer. This game should be a little more open based off of the opposition. On um, Lamel, you know who he's always going to put a shift in, but let's get him some time as well. Deli, I mean, he's proven that he should be involved in the squad, but I'm like, as of right now, I think the three midfielders that we had on Monday, or yesterday, on Sunday, I think that's what we should do with Arsenal. So, this part portion of it speaks for itself
2: well and we might see the stronger midfield like maybe Ndombele plays this one it's uh, um, he's what holds us together what do you think Lucas
3: oh I think Ndombele absolutely plays but um in terms of the rest of like the rotation I think I, I think that like this might be one of those games I hope personally I would love to see Carlos start I think Vinicius has earned it Um, and I would like to see this be one of those games where we're focused on the back and we have a couple of rotations up front and see how it goes and keep guys on the bench like Kane and Son and Bale. Have those be guys that we could bring on because if we start a Lamella and Carlos and Deli, and they go out there and they're doing well, then we we don't need to bring them on. We don't need to waste it, Um, especially having the North London Derby like on Sunday. But Like, I think John buttered up too. This isn't a team you want to underestimate. And I think Jose, and Jose has proven thus far that he doesn't underestimate any team in any cup competition. Look at the team we threw out there against Marine.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. We thought we were going to throw the U18s against Marine, and we had Sissoko and Doherty, and we had a lot of starters out there. We brought Bale off the bench 5 0 up against Marine. So I think. Jose will like. I think we'll likely see him bring a pretty strong lineup, but I I just want to see some rotation up top because we do have the Derby on Sunday. And last thing is I was the most vocal about being upset about how we had to get it flipped. We were supposed to be in Zagreb, but now we're at home and it's all because Arsenal won the FA Cup. Yeah. But... This could work to our benefit being that we get to stay in North London while they have to go out on a Thursday to play Olympiacos. So Before we take- coming back
2: to get- us. Yeah, Yeah.
3: so maybe, it, maybe it'll work out in our benefit. I don't know. I'm very hopeful.
2: Yeah, so I think there's a good case to be made but that maybe uh, despite the fact this is not normally how you want in the Europa League, it could work out in our favor if Arsenal comes back after tired after travel. Um well, um, I think that's probably a good place to go to predictions because uh, I think what the main attraction we want to talk about is the upcoming North London Derby. So so let's go to predictions of this, and then we'll start with John
0: on on this one. Um, yeah, I think this is going to be tougher than we think. Um, I think our defense is, is playing very well right now. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if we gave up a goal, though. So I'm going to go 2-1 with uh, Bale and Son scoring. Okay, I like that. Uh, Lucas,
3: I'm actually going to go 2-0. I think Jose is going to plan this to try and keep clean sheet at home. That's the most important thing when you're playing that first home game. So I think we get 2-0. Um, I think a, we're going to get a goal from Lamella, and I think we're going to get one from Delhi. And real quick before we go to Tommy, I just wanted to give a shout-out. Uh, Zagreb had one of their previous managers pass away about a week ago. And it's the dad of Nico Cranchar,
1: one of our Oh, Zlatko.
3: Yeah. His dad used to be as a grab manager, and he passed away. So,
1: Used to be former, uh, Kane, yeah. former manager of Croatia as well.
3: Yeah. And I loved Nico. He's one of us. So yeah, a good just wanted to give that a quick shout. But, yeah, 2-0. <laughs> uh, Kane, or excuse me, uh, geez, repetition. Delhi and Lamella, 2-0. Like it. Uh,
1: Tommy? Yeah, John's comments have made me wonder now. So I don't know, and I I wouldn't be surprised. I do believe there's going to be some rotation. I wouldn't be surprised if Dyer featured, and he's been a little bit pro a little problematic recently. Even though I know Dinamo Zagreb is lesser competition compared to other Premier League sides, but and they are one of the heavier hitters in terms of the Eastern block teams. So I don't know. Uh, you know, I'm going to go with similar to John's prediction. I'm going to say two one, and I'm going to say Delhi and Irvine.
2: I like that. Um, I do agree that they are a heavy hitter, and I I do think it's going to be a defensive game on both ends, um, but. I just have this faith that we, we're going to keep our scoring ways going. I think this is going to be a 3-1 victory. Um, I do think we're going to get a goal out of Delhi. I think we're going to get a goal out of Bergvine here. And I think we're going to get a goal out of Lamella here. Um, I think it is going to be a rotated squad. But I think uh, uh, we come through in a match that's set up defensive. But, um, but lets the attacking players show their 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 form and skill. Um, and, and I think what we really need to do is make sure that we prevent as many away goals as possible and just, uh, um, get ready to, um, don't let them score their away goals. I mean, like keep, get our home goals, but, um, and then just wait for the away leg and, uh, and put it away at that point in time. Like, I think, uh, after we, uh, uh, annihilate Arsenal uh, hopefully on the uh, weekend uh, but let's roll the conversation to that so uh, this weekend we take on Arsenal uh, at, at home on Sunday March 14th uh, so currently Arsenal sits in wait is that right oh yeah 10th place in the league right now <laughs> With 38 double digits <laughs> double digits that's 11 wins, 5 draws and 11 losses. Uh, most recently they had a 1-1 draw this past weekend uh, Burnley away. Um prior to that they beat Leicester, but they they beat Benfica, they lost to Man City and they drew Benfica. Um before they play us uh, this Thursday they also have a Euro- Europa League match but they're playing Olympiacos which I think might be a little bit tougher of a competition. Um Upcoming after us, they have the uh, second leg of Olympiacos that they have to uh, address similar to us, so we're going to have our w- way leg on Thursday uh, after this Arsenal match. Their top goal scorer right now is Lacazette with nine, Aubameyang be- also has nine, uh, Saka is behind them with five, top assists is uh, Willian with five, um, and Ro, uh, Smooth row has four behind him. Uh, Saka is their top rated player with 6.96 in Sabio has 6.86 behind him. Uh, last five times that we have faced Arsenal back in December 2020, we beat them 2-0. Uh, so this season, July, we go back there, we beat them 2-1. Uh, we drew 2-2 at their place in September 2019. We drew them 1-1 uh, in our place in uh, March 2019. Um, and if we go back to December 2018, we beat them uh, 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 two nil in the League Cup. Um, so we've been handling them fairly well. We haven't lost to them in the last five matches. Uh, we've had a couple draws in there. That's wood. That's
0: wood. Um,
2: but this is this is uh, Arsenal, and I don't think any of us ever feel comfortable about this match. But uh, how do you feel about it, Lucas?
3: Well, I think for starters, like. Touching back to John's uh, update on the loan ease, the last time we beat this team, the only time we beat this team away since 2010, Gazaniga was our goalkeeper and was influential in both those goals. He sent long balls to Kane and he sent a long ball to Mora that led to both of our goals. So I can't imagine how he's got to feel sitting there, not even playing for the team that he's loaned out to. He was part of something so special in that December 2018 game. But for me, it's, it, it's going to be interesting on how we play this. When we played them in December, we played the same way we played against City and Chelsea in the same week, and we just let them fall into our trap, which was we're going to let you have the ball and we're going to hit you on the break. And it worked. And we played that low block, and they really didn't throw anything at us that was that threatening. But I, I don't think that's who we are anymore. So it's going to be very interesting to see do we result to something more defensive and hit him on the breakaway? Or do we stay with what we've been doing and say, hey, look, we got Sun Kane and Bale and Deli, and Lucas, like, you name it. We're going to throw numbers at you and we're going to try and outscore you. It's kind of like, are we going to play defensive or are we going to try and play them in a track meet? So it's going to be really interesting to see what Jose does here.
0: Yeah. done. Uh, John? Yeah, I think um, if you if you look back at the last Arsenal game, Arsenal were poor at that point of the season. Um, they have improved certainly, but they were they were pretty poor when we played them before. Um, it's always going to be a different game because of the uh, North London rivalry, um, and it's I I think if we should have learnt over the last three games that this is how we should be playing football. And I really hope we don't go back to some of those ways we were playing when we weren't really, when it wasn't really working. So I'd like to see the same kind of lineup and play the same kind of way that we did against Crystal Palace. And in that case, I think we'll that we'll do well.
2: Yeah, I think this this team is probably similar to Crystal Palace. I mean, and that's not just being picking on Arsenal the, that they're bad this season. I think that they have similar tactics at this point in time, um, just because the holes in both squads at this point. Like they, they have certain level of talent in certain places that they have to play to. Um, uh, Tommy,
1: yeah, I. In terms of the way Arsenal play, I think the game's going to be open though. So, I would not be surprised if we're going to the squad will be set up to counterattack because of this. Like think how Lucas said before, you know, let them have the ball, and then we just have to capitalize on it once we get possession and go for the speed and power, whether it be Bale or Sun or even Lucas, because they got the speed and or power. Um, I'm kind of skeptical on a win as of right now. Maybe my thoughts will change by the end of this episode or when I do predictions. My only issue is we haven't won there. Um, in the league since uh, fall of twenty or two thousand ten. So who 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 scored that game? Uh, Vanderbart, Bale, and Kabul. Uh, Who's the second guy? Christian Bale, the guy in yeah. Batman.
3: Yeah. So Batman hasn't played there since two thousand ten.
1: That's, That's true. I don't. <laughs> it's and also like Arsenal always seem like they're out for Like how you said before. In your locks, like, they're going to have an extra grind because they tied against, I forget whoever they played this past weekend.
3: Burnley. Um, Burnley.
1: Yeah, Burnley. So that, I mean, I think they're going to be up for it. So, I mean, regardless, it's going to be tough.
0: I think we'll take care of them easily. I don't think it's going to be as tough.
2: I, I like to hear that. What's
0: your rationale? You just uh, have a feeling, or no? I think we're playing extremely well, and I think Arsenal is in a position where they haven't really got it all together yet. I think you add to that the North London excitement of the North London Derby, the fact that Kane really loves to score against Arsenal. You put all that together, and I think that we're. Uh, I think we'll take care of them.
2: And well, and they, don't, actually... they don't have their fan base to back them up in this one. Which helps. Like, Do they ever, though? That it, place is a library. It, it, but... Good point, but yeah. But... John, I
1: mean, you still believe... Uh, that we're kinda... gonna... Sorry, I'll be very quiet. So we're on a three-game winning streak in terms of the Premier League. Like, you think we're actually going to continue this wave that we're riding right now? Even though there might be some... I don't know, I just... I'm just skeptical with the hiccup. This could be a hiccup along the way. Yeah. Uh, Lucas,
3: I don't know. Um, I think I think the thing for me, like John said, like if the way the way we've been playing for me, it hasn't been the results. For me, it's been the way we've been playing. How we've had just the Bale, Kane, Son show up top. Like if Arsenal want to come out and say we're going to attack you, and if we say we're going to play defensive, we've already proven that we can do that and beat you on the counter. But if we want to open it up and say we're each going to have this, we're just going to go at each other, I trust us up top. And we throw our back line under the bus sometime. We don't have the center backs we want. But our center backs are still better than theirs. And our defense is still, shockingly, better than theirs. So our top, Sun, Kane, Bale, that's better than most teams on the planet. So if we could keep this momentum up, there's no reason why we can't just do them 4-2 or – 3-0, 4-0, like, 4-2, anything. Like, we, if we want to get into a, again, use the phrase track meet, if we want to go at them, I think it could be great. And for me, it's just I love the fact that our confidence is at where it needs to be. And I I think that this is the one time that it's going to seem almost like a free hit. We just get to go into the Emirates and say, fuck it. You don't have fans there. You got this attacking front four like i think we're going to throw it at him.
2: Uh, yeah, I think R.A. could play a huge part in this match. Like if he's past- Yeah, we're
3: going to have Serge and Regulon playing. Yeah. It's going to be it's going to be our best effort. And I'm hoping Shaka plays too. Cuz <laughs> I'm hoping he gives them like one of those crosses oh. that he did against Chris Wood on Sunday.
1: Yeah. yeah. And he he's prone to make well, he's prone to making mistakes in general. But he's, Bellerin, he's made he's made some mistakes against us as well. So
2: our our defense makes a lot of mistakes, but uh, but Arsenal, like if you watch them, they are making a ton of mistakes as well. And I think we can take advantage of that um, if if we play the right way. Like, it, and as much as this is always a tough match, and anything could happen, I think this is. We're positioned fairly well for this match, uh, going to their home. Uh, but and to what you
3: said, yeah, what you said, Anthony. Like this is one of those opportunities that lines up where pressure's not on us. Sure, we want to finish top four, but we know that like Europa's arguably our best way through to Champions League. I think this is a game that Arsenal needs to win if they want to finish above Spurs or accomplish whatever their season goals are. God knows what that is. But it's probably, it's they need probably
2: it as well to be. Yeah, fair.
3: like if we go there, we get a 1 1 draw, like we're okay. We're fine. We're still seven points above you. Like there's. I, I think this is like almost erring on like the free hit category where I think the pressure is going to be on them. And the way we've been playing, it doesn't look like pressure has any effect on our front four. So
2: yeah.
1: let's go after them.
2: I like that. Uh, John, Tommy, any final thoughts here?
1: I hope we win. <laughs> Let's just say that. Hot I, take. Hot take. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm still a little skeptical, but I mean, I'll say right now, I guess I will, I will predict a win, but I just, we got to play a complete game. It, it can't be like, I'm not saying those 10 minutes, like the Crystal Palace are so capitalized, but. This game always – I'm always skeptical of this just because I've never been in a position where Tottenham's, you know, been, like, arsenal of, like, the early part of this century, you know, where it's like, oh, they're going to win, you know, because they have the team, they
3: have the players. And, Tommy, to be fair, this is the first time we're going to see Jose go play them away. Jose's 2-0 at home against them. That's since true. Since he's been our gap. So, this is the first time we'll see Jose as our leader. Take us to the Emirates. So I have high hopes there.
2: Good shot. I didn't even realize that. But yeah, now that we look at it, September 2019th was the last time we took them on in their place. So
3: that was uh, potch and we were up 2 0 with yeah. two minutes left to go in the half.
2: Yep. And we ended up drawing that too, too. But, but uh, John, any final
0: thoughts? Um, no, I'm just puzzled a little bit. You're talking about this being at the Emirates. I thought this game was, we were at home so i'm just checking on that certainly the information that we've got appears to be no okay then my information's incorrect we are away
2: no my uh, my, just, my information was correct too i put it in my no- notes wrong but it's uh but the, we played definitely played them at our house in december so this is, it was the first okay. game it was
3: yeah. it was the first game that we had 2000 fans in there so that was even sweeter
0: yeah 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 okay so uh, sorry about that are we on to predictions yeah, let's go do predictions, and we, you, can, you can go ahead and start, John. All right, I'm going to go 3-1, and I'm going to go a hat trick for Harry Kane. I'm positive about the game. I know he loves to play him. I think he's really getting into his stride, and he wouldn't, uh, he'd not he would love to score. So, uh, you know, maybe going out there a little bit, but let's, uh, let's go with that.
2: I, I would love that, like a Harry Kane hat trick against Arsenal. That would be fucking amazing. Yep. Uh, L- Lucas?
3: I had 3 1 as well, and I have three separate guys that all love a goal against Arsenal. And
1: that's
2: Stun, Kane, and Bale.
1: What'd you bring? 3 1? 3 1. I'll catch you. Okay, Tommy? I'm going to be optimistic, but more cautious. I'm going to say 2 1. I think it's going to be a tight game, and we eventually, it's going to be a tight game whether it be. 2-1 early on or 2-1 later and we get a late winner just because of my skepticism. Um I'm gonna keep it consistent with previous goal scores, so I'll say Bale and Kane.
2: Um I do think it's gonna be tighter. Um really? but a little bit <laughs> more high, a little more high scoring. Um I I'm gonna say three two. I'm going to agree that it's uh, son. Bale Kane is our uh, our goal our our goal scorers in this one. I, I I just I have a feeling Sun's due for one. Bale just you can't keep him off the board right now. And and Sun anytime Bale gets on the board, I mean I'm sorry, and Harry every time Bale gets on the board has to prove himself and and score on as well. So I think it's all three of them uh, score this one. Um. Well any final thoughts before we wrap up this podcast let's
1: Excellent. ride the wave and let's build on this momentum let's push for a champions league spot yeah the, the,
2: the, that that is the message right now like we, we can build off of this if we keep this going um we can ride this high um don't let this go away because uh- because we've we've shown that we're we're on the way back and if we turn that around that, that it would be depressing. Like we, we went through a very depressing point in time. Everybody was talking Jose out, but now it's like things seem to be on track again. Let's, let's keep this going and, and find our way into either top four or, or uh, a Europa league win and find our way into the champions league next year. And um, let's win some trophies and do some good stuff. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. well thank you so much guys for joining me tonight this has been a fun conversation but i think that about wraps it up today uh so thank you to for tommy for, for editing in town tonight charlie for the music Kim for social media john for a lone player update tommy for back page update lucas for luke's locks kimberly for the logo and as always the atlantic barn grill it's been great to be back there great crowd this past weekend uh um good socially distanced crowd but definitely a fun time uh, good good singing there it, it was exciting um hit the subscribe button and write us a review on itunes if you feel like our podcast or, or give us a review wherever your podcasts check us out on twitter and facebook at four star spurs and our website at fourstarspurs.com come on you spurs